I am so glad that you are joining Cindy LeFevre Yorks for this episode of His GPS for Your SOS. We pray these encouraging words will enrich and bless your day. Part 3. The True Gift of Christmas. Actively Receiving and Experiencing It. You've no doubt heard the old adage, it's better to give than to receive. But did you know it's actually a Bible verse? In Acts 20.35, we read these words. Paul is quick to credit Jesus with this countercultural teaching. And while the importance of a generous spirit in thought, word, and deed is paramount to a remarkable Christian life, we can't be authentically effective or genuine if we don't first receive Jesus Christ. This acceptance serves as a crucial cornerstone of individual faith. It is the foundation from which all worship, devotion, and service stem. Receiving the gift of salvation and believing in Jesus Christ is the only way sinful souls may be redeemed and sanctified. Through this divine process, we receive the knowledge of the truth as we are reminded in Hebrews 10.26. Once we do, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and are able to internalize the problems. Once we do, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and are able to internalize the promises of eternal life in God's presence. In God's infinite mercy and understanding of the human condition, He does far more than simply redeem us from the pit. Of course, even then, that would be enough. But when we petition Him for His good gifts, we are promised that we will receive those as well. In James 1.5, we are told that if we lack wisdom, we simply need to ask God to provide it, and it will be given to us. In 1 Peter 1, we are reminded that through God's divine power, we are also granted all things that pertain to life and godliness. These gifts enable us to become partakers of the divine nature of God. They also include the spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit activates in each and every believer. These are laid out in 1 Corinthians 12 and are intended to prepare God's people to serve Him and build up the body of Christ. You can find these gifts in this passage and learn more about them there. Some of the gifts God gives us may not look like so-called presents at first glance. This shouldn't surprise us, but it often does. In Isaiah 55 eight, we are reminded that the Lord's ways are not our ways. This seemingly incongruous truth is made clear in James 1-2, when he tells us to count it all as joy when we face various trials, because we will receive the gift of steadfastness. Trials and problems don't feel like gifts from God, but like the gold that comes forth from a refiner's fire, gifts of deep faith and uncompromising steadfastness can't really be fortified in any other way. One gift that some Christ followers miss if they are not intentional about receiving is the peaceful presence and deep communion made possible with God Himself. Head knowledge of what Jesus Christ did on the cross is fundamentally grasped when we accept our Savior and set our intention to devote ourselves to Him in obedience. But actual communion with our Lord requires our time and attention. We must purposely sit at His feet and rest in His presence. By meditating on His truths and promises and reading His holy word, we receive the greatest gift available to our starved souls. No one knew this better than the woman at the well, who we read about in John 4. 
Her thirst was so great that she sacrificed her pride to stop at the well, hoping not to run into anyone, even as her lonesome soul longed for far more than just a drink of water. Jesus tells the woman of the living water that only he can offer her. After a life-changing conversation, the woman actually left her water pot altogether and went into the city to tell the community there about her encounter with Jesus and the living water that only he can provide. The woman at the well, who lived a life of social, economical, and spiritual deprivation, received a great gift that day, and she was ready to receive it. Ostracized in her community, she received acceptance and understanding from Jesus. He revealed himself to her, and she received his priceless teaching. Best of all, she passed the gift of that knowledge on to others as the first semi-Gentile evangelist since most Samaritans were only half-Jewish. In looking at this story with fresh eyes preparing for this lesson, I had to ask myself a hard truth. Do I drop everything, including the thing I think will quench my thirst to go and tell everyone about the living water that Jesus has given me instead? Or am I more inclined to simply fetch enough water for myself and go about my day pursuing worthless things? The answer to this question is not as consistent of a yes as I want it to be. We'll look more at what it means to live a life of giving back as a response to God's priceless gifts in the future. But in the meantime, join me in actively receiving God's gift and asking Him how He wants us to respond to all the blessings and gifts that He gives us. I'd like to read now an excerpt from my first book, The Side Door, and this entry is entitled, Unwrapping Present Moment Gifts, Embracing Each Day's Joy. We've all seen and heard the verse, This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And that's from Psalm 118.24. I believe the transforming power of this verse and I actually have a custom stencil of it in my walk-in closet over the window. Every morning when I'm dressing my closet, I have the opportunity to read this verse and contemplate it, meditate on its truths, and choose to thank God and embrace the joy that can be found in those words every day as I live in relationship with Him. Sometimes the sun shines brightly through the window. Recently a friend was lifting me up in prayer and asked if I would be able to feel God's love shine on my back like the warm sun from the window. I think of this now as I get ready in the morning and thank God for the day. By now you may be rolling your eyes. You might be thinking I'm throwing out platitudes and not being honest about what daily life on the planet Earth is really like. And you would be right, because even though that option to appreciate those words and internalize them is available to me every day, I don't always choose that joy if I'm honest with myself. Some days I wake up and I don't take every thought captive, as is suggested in 2 Corinthians 10.5, and my glass will be half empty before I fill up my coffee mug. To be fair, this task is easier on some days than others. I remember taking great comfort on hearing an excellent sermon on this topic. The speaker pointed out a truth in this verse that's often overlooked. It does not say that we have to rejoice about the day. Thankfully, we aren't commanded to thank God for the flat tire we had in the morning, our husband's layoff, or our prodigal child's drug problem. Instead, the verse welcomes us to take comfort in the reminder that God has a plan and purpose for every day. When the morning arrives, we can be thankful for the promise of the day itself. 
Yesterday's worries need not be remembered, and the concerns of tomorrow can wait until then. Truly, we can always find something to be thankful for and be ready to receive that. I learned some valuable lessons connected to this verse on my trip to Rwanda. Most of the people in the remote village where we ministered to others were barefoot. They lived in simple mud huts with no frills, homemade beds on the floor, and simple wooden benches for seating. Their artwork on the walls consisted primarily of newspaper clippings crudely applied to the surface. Few of the homes had electricity, and none had indoor plumbing. Few had cars, motorcycles, or even bicycles. Most had to walk for miles to carry their water in containers back to their dwellings. Despite a lack of creature comforts, the people we encountered inside the church on the hill were filled to the brim with the joy of the Lord. Though many had lost family members and loved ones in the genocide in the 90s that killed an estimated one million people, they enthusiastically sang praise songs about heaven and their love for God. They didn't gloss over their pain or inconvenience, but they didn't dwell on it either. Instead, they overcame adversity by celebrating each day's joy and receiving that. And the keys to kingdom living are, find joy every day. The Lord gives, and you will be glad in that day. And the doorpost is, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And the doorpost is, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 Thank you for joining us today for this episode of His GPS for your SOS. Cindy also posts encouragement daily on Instagram. Her blogs can be found on her website, cindyyorks.com. Her entire Door Devotion trilogy is now available on Amazon.